0: Welcome to Fringe Division. Weird, it is a matter of degrees. Hello and welcome to Fringe Division, spoiler free rewatch podcast of the hit TV show Fringe. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Martin. Today
1: we're talking about season one, episode 18, Midnight. It was written by J.H. Wyman and Andrew Kreisberg and directed by Bobby Ruff.
0: When did it air? Ah, uh, like Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> You've got one job, Martin. <laughs> I repeat
1: what the computer says. Yeah. You've got one door job, it's stupid, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Apparently uh someone referenced that to Sgunny Weaver in an interview and she didn't respond.
0: Well, why why would she?
1: It aired on the twenty eighth of April two thousand
0: and nine. Excellent. So Martin, what did you think of this episode of Fringe? This was one of the better Naffa episodes. Yeah, it's one of the better middling episodes.
1: Yeah. Um, I could have done without the cut-up dogs. Right, okay. And people have exposed spines, but that's just, I'm old-fashioned like that. You don't like gore. But I did enjoy the uh, guest cast this week.
0: Yeah. It's not the worst episode. We've we've had worse. Um, but on the other hand, we've also had better.
1: Like, you look at uh, series like Enterprise in the third season, they tried doing an arc where everything tied into this one threat. And mm-hmm. of course it didn't. And they always name-checked the villain and then just went off and did an episode of a the week. Uh, they did a nice job here of Not everything has to be about uh, what we've been leading up to, but this is kind of on the periphery of this, and I thought that was a natural fit of, we haven't forgotten about the things we've been learning as we've been going, but the stuff that's been happening, uh, you know, the episodes of the week that we've been investigating, they haven't just stopped now that we've got a bigger story. I thought they they did a good balance of those things even if the uh, more episodic parts of the show aren't my preference.
0: Yeah, but they also didn't force in um, oh, Walter did this in the past and that's why this is happening. But last week we said that we like when that happens. Yeah, but we don't like We're when it happens fickle. every single episode. No. No. I mean, this would have just been too much if they, put, if they made this part of Walter's past, you know?
1: Yeah, or... Somehow connected it to Olivia again.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, better having episodes where that doesn't happen. Um,
1: it weekly. it makes for a stronger story where it does come mm-hmm. from our characters. Yeah, but overdoing that undermines it.
0: Thank you for clarifying my point, Martin.
1: You can you you should note that down for when you write uh, Fringe Division, the unofficial book of the series. <laughs> <laughs> What was it they all the books used to say whenever like someone just wrote a book about Buffy it always had had, like uh, not approved or something over the top so
0: people, or not endorsed so
1: they didn't get sued
0: Right, we shall get into the plot
1: Let's get into the plot
0: Bob Dunn gets dressed and goes out for the night but his girlfriend Diane who is on an out of town trip calls and wonders why he didn't answer his phone the previous night He promises he'll see her tomorrow night and enters a bar to pick up women. After striking out with a blonde, Bob spots a brunette. They end up back at his apartment, and as they start to kiss, she breaks his neck. That was quite brutal, that, actually. Yeah. I'm kind of expecting something else.
1: Well, as I was watching it, my wife just went, Oh, she's going to be the monster, isn't she? (laughs) Yeah, your wife's smart, Martin. Which is why she's not allowed on the podcast because she gives all the plot away.
0: (laughs) Later, Bob's girlfriend tries to call him, unaware that the brunette is in the bathroom cleaning blood from her face. On the bed, Bob lies dead from a severed spinal column. I wondered how long it was going to take them to get to a vampire type episode.
1: Yeah, because a lot of shows just go straight in with it. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Torchwood. I'm looking at you, Buffy.
0: Right. Did Bob's accent seem odd to you at all? It seemed pretend. Yeah. But the actor is actually English. Yeah, you
1: get that a lot where they sort of double down on it. I know. It it seems exaggerated. Mm. And it sounded Australian at times. It sounded like
0: uh, I'm a cockney, I'm a cockney! Yeah, it's like Americans can only understand one type of What they would call a British accent. Which
1: is a very posh Cockney.
0: Yeah, which is actually just an English accent. Mm. It's not British, because I'm speaking with a quote-unquote British accent just now, technically.
1: Oh, Jamie, you're not British. You're Scottish. Exactly. Hate it. I once got into an argument with a uh, woman in uh, International House of Pancakes in Texas over the fact that... uh, Sean Connery wasn't British.
0: All oh, right, yeah. I hate listening to American podcasts, and then they say, like, I listen to one about Lost, and they keep they have like an accent corner where they they, they try to determine if the the guest star is who they're supposed to be. Like, are they Australian? Are they actually British? Or is it like an American pretending and whatever? And they always say British or Scottish. And that annoys me. Say English if you mean English. It's like when people refer to a country called Holland. Yeah, which is actually part of something bigger. It's two parts of the Netherlands. Yeah. There you go, the Netherlands. That's what I was thinking of. Thank you, Mark. Geography's not my strong suit. Mm. But I live in Britain, so I know of that. Anyway. Olivia Dunham is at home talking with her sister Rachel's friends, Neil and Helen, who have Brought their um, son Graham over to play with Ella. Rachel gets a letter from her husband, Greg, telling her he's filing for divorce. I
1: could hear how much you loved this scene from here.
0: Yeah, oh. How many times do they have to say two singles together in that scene? Because they're talking about the dating website and they say the name of it about 15 times. They could have fit in a few more. Yeah. And also, when I heard that um Rachel's husband is filing for divorce, I actually genuinely out loud said, Oh, who fucking cares? Oh, Jimmy, you've got a podcast for that. You don't have to scare the cat. That's all right, she's sound. Charlie Francis calls Olivia and the bishops and to check on Bob. Water Bishop determines that Bob was essentially deveined and concludes that someone bit open Bob's spine. Yeah. Olivia reports to Philip Broyles, but notes that Walter has determined the teeth marks are human, Martin. Mm -hmm. We already know that. Yes. Bob's car is missing and they're running a search. Astrid gives Walter the lab work on the victims and he points out that the victim's spinal fluid has been extracted and that there are traces of a form of syphilis that has been extinct for decades. So let's talk about syphilis.
1: Yes, let's. Uh, I've never had it.
0: Have you? No. Peter only says he should have worn gloves after he discovers the killer has syphilis. He should have been wearing gloves anyway. Yes. Because, you know, you're handling a corpse, you tit.
1: (laughs) They can have germs on.
0: Exactly. When Peter tells Walter to stop being silly and he's singing along about syphilis or some shit, Astrid says, when you meet a... Finally meet a nice girl... To Peter, that's that's like pretty presumptuous of you,
1: Astrid. She's got a line and she's not going to give it up. Yeah, why would she? I liked a little bit of cheek from Astrid. Yeah, she she puts up with a lot.
0: She does. When you finally meet a nice girl, I would avoid bringing her home as long as possible. For as long as possible. Which is true. But when you finally meet a nice girl,
1: I mean, that's very heteronormative of her.
0: Exactly. He could be bi. She doesn't know. Olivia contacts the CDC who confirmed the syphilis bacteria was shipped to Lubov Pharmaceutical four weeks ago. They've reviewed Lubov's requests for the last year and determined that Lubov asked for a number of contagious disease samples, as well as a substance useful for making biochemical weapons and was used in rapid skin growth toxin the ZFT created. What, what, what? Dun, dun, dun.
1: I didn't know these episodes could tie into the other plots.
0: (laughs) But this is the best way of doing it. It's not too heavy-handed. It's not, like, in your face.
1: We haven't seen massive dynamic in ages.
0: Yeah, I know. They trace the delivery, and Olivia leads a team to the address. They find a man in a wheelchair cutting open a dog, and Martin cried. They confirm he's Dr Nicholas Boone, head of Lubov Pharmaceutical... Uh, A one-man operation. And it's
1: Jefferson Mays. Who's that? Jefferson Mays narrates the Expanse audiobooks, and the Expanse has a somewhat similar plot to this, so it was kind of surreal seeing him have a face and talk about dodgy pharmaceutical companies.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. An Expanse reference, kind of. They show him... Photos of the victims and ask about his connection to ZFT.
1: I like it when audiobook narrators turn up in TV shows. I haven't been this excited since the bloke who read Game of Thrones turned out to be Wesley's dad on
0: Angel. Yeah, that's true. Did you know that? I did. Hmm. Uh, Roy Dortrice. That's the one. He finally admits that someone was dozed, but refuses to answer their questions unless they help him get his wife Valerie Boone back from ZFT. Boone explains that zFt is using his wife to blackmail him into conducting his experiments. Olivia confirms that she's missing and insists on trying to help Boone so they can hand so they can get a handle on ZFt Boone gives him an address that leads them to Chinatown restaurant with high power usage um authorizes Olivia to investigate. Shouldn't it be ZFt uh, we should say Z. Yeah, but, but they pronounce it ZFT. Someone
1: once gave me hassle for referring to a f- the film World War Z as not World War Z, which mm-hmm. doesn't work because it's clearly a play on World War 3. Exactly. Another very good audiobook.
0: book. Oh, was is it? is that the one that's got like all different types of people? Yeah, like, Mark Hamill and, Bruce and stuff
1: like and yeah, it's a different character in every chapter.
0: Oh nice. Nice. I need to listen to that. I've been wanting to listen to that for ages, but I think there's only like an abridged version.
1: Um, no, oh. they put out an abridged version, mm-hmm. and then they did uh, The Lost Chapters, right. and then they did an unabridged version that was just read by one person. Oh, like, no. If you've put out a multicast audiobook, why go back and do a. Why? that That's what Fringe Division should be investigating because that's pretty weird. Yeah.
0: But they should actually just edit the Lost Ones in with the original recording yeah. and just, you know, boost it up. They mention King's College in Aberdeen.
1: Is this going to be like the um, Thai pub in Oxford that
0: is totally real? Yeah, it's totally real. Hey! Yeah, there's a King's College in Aberdeen. But it's nice to hear Aberdeen, because it's usually like Edinburgh or Glasgow that they mention. It's, it's well, nice they, to you,
1: hear. They, they usually call it Edinburgh.
0: <laughs> Edinburgh. That's how Americans what? pronounce it. Edinburgh. Which I
1: completely um, put my foot in by going over there and uh, mentioning
0: Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it annoys me. It annoys me. I I used to listen to like audio commentaries of The Simpsons. Yeah. Because there's like an audio commentary on every single episode, so I would like just binge listen to them because they were quite amusing. But Matt Groening constantly, um, called Edinburgh Edinburgh, mm. and it annoyed me because that's not how you pronounce it.
1: The first podcast I ever listened to was about Firefly. And, of course, the premiere of Serenity was at, say, the
0: Edinburgh Film Festival. Edinburgh Film Festival.
1: So there were months and months of the presenters not knowing how to pronounce it. And then being told how to pronounce it. And then being unsure if they were pronouncing it correctly. Because they weren't. Yeah. I've got a horrible feeling this episode is going to come back and bite us somehow. Why? Because we're picking on Americans mispronouncing things and we don't pay particular attention to uh, what we pronounce
0: at all. Well, I try to. Walter and Peter Bishop go to Boone's lab and wonder what he was doing. Meanwhile, Olivia is heading for the restaurant when Rachel calls to inform her that her husband is... <clears throat> Seeking sole custody of Ella, they go to. Oh, I was annoyed again, Martin.
1: I always find it frustrating in shows where the character can't just be like, I'm fighting crime. You know? Yeah. It's like, it never really worked for me on Buffy when she couldn't tell her mum she was a slayer and had to be like, I'm just going out to do
0: homework?
1: I don't know, it's supposed to add like a level of drama, but it just comes across as frustrating for everyone.
0: Well, you see, I don't, I didn't mind it in Buffy because Joyce... Well, just look at the way Joyce reacts when she finally finds out. Yeah. So, you know, Buffy was kind of right not to tell her for two seasons. Mm-hmm. This is just like, you know your sister works at the FBI, you know your sister's a federal agent, don't phone her at work in case she is doing something federal agent Yeah. I'm blaming a fictional character when it's actually the writer's fault, but Rachel pisses me off. <laughs> Yeah, Rachel is all for Rachel. She doesn't care about Olivia. She just wants someone to moan to. Yeah, and that kind of character just annoys me.
1: ah. Uh, Are we supposed to like Rachel? I think so.
0: Yeah, it's supposed
1: to be like a nice, normal home life for Olivia whilst being really weird. Yeah, but we're supposed to find Ella adorable, and but also it's the. Ah, oh, we're supposed to want her and Peter
0: to get together, I suppose. And oh no, he's interested in the sister. Ah, oh. uh. they go into the restaurant and enter the basement, arresting everyone there. But there's no sign of Valerie. When Broyles tells Boone they didn't find his wife, Boone says he knew and asks to talk to Olivia. He tells her to go and go to a room in the back, and there's something in it that he needs. Inside are five vials of contagion, and he needs them to create an antidote. He explains that they infected his wife as punishment for his trying to leave ZFT and she's the one committing the murders. The murders. There's been a murder. It's like last week all over again. I know, I know. I want to point out something here. What's that? I can't remember exactly where it is, but Walter calls Astrid Aspirin. <laughs> I miss that. Yeah, and that's a bit much. He's clearly taking the piss now. Yes, classic Walter. I know. He's doing it on purpose, because the rest of the episode he calls her Agent Farnsworth. Mm-hmm. But that one time he calls her Aspirin, and she just sort of gives him a look, and then from then on he calls her Agent Farnsworth. But yeah, he's taken a pass. I do
1: wonder how often Walter is just playing it up, because you would, wouldn't you?
0: Of course you would. Walter examines the spinal column of the dog, while Peter finds a video recorder with footage of Valerie and Nicholas. At a bar, Valerie approaches a man and picks him up. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Picks him up.
1: It's weird that they just record a video of them in the park going, we're in the park, look at me jump over some benches.
0: Yeah, that is strange, isn't
1: it? I think that's the strangest thing they should have been investigating. Yeah, like why would you do that? And because they're so happy and carefree and in love.
0: Yeah, but it's also just to show us that he could walk at one point in time.
1: Although the way he looked, like he was going to jump into that bin and at an angle, I thought that was going to be the explanation.
0: Yeah, he fell into a bin and broke mm. his spine. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, you know, it's very dangerous jumping into bins. Yeah, you break your spine on an apple core or something. You never know. They drive to a quiet street and start kissing, but he notices she's running a temperature. She apologizes, grows fangs, and rips into his neck. The police discover the corpse, and Charlie runs a check. Ah, oh, good old Charlie. Broyle shows Olivia the video that Peter found and points out the date. They go to see Boone and show him the footage, which shows him walking three weeks ago. Uh, well, not really walking, he was jumping about.
1: Yeah. Surprised he didn't burst into song.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boone explains Valerie needs to feed to survive, and he gave her his own spinal fluid until he couldn't keep up with her hunger. That's really dark. Yeah. What did you think about that? Little plot development.
1: It's nice that Boone isn't just a typical fringe villain going, you know, I'm, I'm a bit evil. You know, they've made him a bit more sympathetic even though he's another mad scientist and he's been importing STDs. Yeah. but, But it doesn't really make you feel that, you know, much more for him as a character. It's like, yep. This is a written story, not a particularly well-written story, not a badly written story. Mm-hmm. He's been letting his wife drink his spinal fluid so she doesn't die and now he's disabled. Good on him.
0: Well, it's not its not only just so that she doesn't die, it's also she, so she doesn't go and feed off other people. Well, there is that. So, on the scale of, like, villains, he's, you know, he's quite low. She escaped and he couldn't catch her because he couldn't run exactly so you know it's not as though he he was trying to do the right thing what he thought was the right thing also through love because he loves his wife yeah he didn't want her to go out and kill people it's not as though he's frankenstein and she's the monster who was the creator
1: and not the monster that's what i just said i'm well aware of that mark yeah but other people listen to this conversation jimmy and they might not be Due to uh, common misconception in the
0: media. I know, I know. Frankenstein is the creator. The monster is the monster. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The contagion burns through her spinal fluid and Valerie kills to refuel. He obtained the samples to try and find a cure, but ZFT wants it as a carrier to alter Valerie and others for the purpose of showing off to other scientists. All of the vials are accounted for, but Boone warns that the ZFT could duplicate his research and weaponize it. He can make a cure now that they have the dose samples. He insists he needs a lab, and Olivia says it won't be a problem. Hooray! Walter's lab.
1: That's a good name for a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, Martin. They go to the, a club. Yeah. And they're looking for... Valerie and I like that Peter tells the woman in the club that she's hot but says that he's looking for someone with syphilis oh Peter you old charmer I know but it's it's not played like he said it by mistake it's not like he said it in purpose mm-hmm. because she walks away disgusted he smirks so he's, he actually did it just to like sort of wind her up he, he's been spending a lot of time with Walter yeah I like
1: it when the characters enjoy themselves yeah And they don't get much of a chance on this show for some reason.
0: Uh, Also, the club scene went on far too long. Yes. This is a problem with the whole 50-minute run run time. I've spoken about this before. It's like, just cut out a few minutes.
1: Well, don't worry, Jimmy. There's only two of these longer episodes left to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cut out um, Rachel, you know.
1: Was there supposed to be some sort of thing where only women got into the club unless the men had the staffing Mm. because there didn't really seem to be other men in the club.
0: Well, yeah, there were men in the club.
1: There just seemed to be more single women than you usually get in such night spots.
0: Yeah, it's usually a bunch of single men. Yes. (laughs) Or married men. That too. Boone is allowed to work with Walter in his lab to work on the cure. Later finding out they have to make an augmented form of penicillin, the first trial is unsuccessful. Poor rat.
1: Yeah, that was sad. This was not a good episode for animals.
0: No, it wasn't actually. You're right. Boone realises that more spinal fluid is needed to complete the process and sacrifices more of his. Astrid finds a link between the three victims. They all visited the same nightclub. Olivia and Peter enter the club and, see, I'm all over the place, and manage to find Valerie with the help of a thermal imaging camera And as her infection causes her to have a raised body heat. Uh, they subdue her with tranquilizer guns. They return to the lab were validate successfully cured, but Boone dies uh, from the loss of spinal fluid. It doesn't mention her attacking him in the car because that was just a cheap jump scare. Moment. Yeah. However, beforehand, Boone managed to have pre-recorded a message for Olivia informing her that ZFT has has been funded by Massive Dynamic founder William Bell.
1: I don't know if I should say this now or next week, Um But we run it, we run it, we run it.
0: Dun 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 Carry on
1: One of the most dated things about this show is how they handle William Bell and I don't know if they had decided on the casting from the start Mm -hmm. or if they spent the whole season going I sure hope we can get a bit of a name to play this role. Mm -hmm. But it feels like now, if you had a show who had a Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos type character who had a sort of omnipresence throughout uh, that we don't meet until the end of the season... You'd have the characters picture in newspapers and you'd see interviews with them in the background on TV and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And having a character who is name-checked throughout the season that we don't actually um, see until the very end wouldn't happen. Yeah. I mean, it works really well um, from a story point, but I don't think... Like, even if the characters didn't meet him in a new show, I think we'd have seen him. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like in. Um, have you seen Enterprise?
0: Yeah, hey, I've seen the first season or something now. Like.
1: So, the end of the second season, um, <laughs> are you going to watch it? Nah. Scott Scott Bakula it's basically Quantum Leap.
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah, everything with Scott Bakula in it is basically Quantum Leap. American Beauty is basically Quantum Leap. Have you seen... Um, what's that film called? Um, Source Code. Yes.
1: That's a good Scott Badkiller cameo.
0: Was well, he in that? Yeah. You should watch it again. I should watch it again.
1: He's he's not in it. He is in it. Um, but yeah, at the end of season two of Enterprise, they do this uh, 9-11 parallel, and, uh, like Allegory, uh-huh. and uh, it sets up the third season where they have to go into this new bit of space and find the um, people responsible. Mm -hmm. And there's just like a captain's log that they're taking on board some Marines Mm -hmm. and you don't meet those characters until the next season. And even in 2003, that felt like a bit of a dated way of handling that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I, I didn't think this was one of the more memorable episodes of Fringe, even for the uh, episode of the weeks. If I had to pick one, I'd probably say the Observer one, which probably doesn't count. I always feel like I'm damaging, but I'm really excited to get to the end of the season and see what it's all been building to. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I do think Fringe does do a good job of... um. Balancing having weekly mysteries and an ongoing story arc because I do feel a lot of TV, you know, especially genre TV, feels it has to be season long arcs and everything has to tie into the arc, and you don't get the same breathing room that you get with shows like this. Yeah. And whilst Rachel's divorce isn't the most interesting character plot, mm-hmm. it's a character moment that you would lose in a lot of these streaming 10-episode shows.
0: Yeah, but it's also it's also forced, though, because we've got a 20-episode 20, a 20 season. I don't think it's a bad thing if we lose that, because Rachel's not a good character, and she was just forced in there to give Olivia someone to care about.
1: Yeah, but the fact we have these character beats at all I think is something. And but I do. it's the
0: wrong characters, though. We don't need Rachel and her divorce. We give it, give something to Olivia. Give something to Astrid, for They sake. gave her
1: a sister. What more she wants? They still don't know how to write her, but now they've got someone else to exactly. write about. But and us, she's
0: got a divorce. But give us Astrid. Give us a storyline for Astrid instead of... And then get, you know, Olivia to get to know Astrid more. Well, that would just be good writing. Exactly. This is obviously a bittersweet end to the to the case, right? Because the killer lived but her husband died. she's no longer a killer, but she'll probably have to live knowing what she did and that her husband sacrificed his life for her. So it's kinda it's quite weird if you think about like the what happens after this. And it's yeah. the same thing as last week with Mouse. Remember Mouse? Mm -hmm. She killed her husband. It wasn't her fault, but she's probably still going to get done for it. Yeah. (laughs) It's terrible. Mm. Um, And also, just before we finish up, I'd just like to say that that was a very nice club that Olivia meets broils in at the end. Casual broils with his leather jacket. Yeah. So, Martin, um, I don't have a Walter line of the week. Oh, do you not? He doesn't say much. the 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 bit that he said about the the shrimp cocktail, there, have that. What was that line, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said he said things about shrimp cocktail.
1: I like when he was showing um, Jefferson Mays around his lab, and he just goes, "I've also got a cow." Or
0: <laughs> yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> keep forgetting to have a waterline of the week. See, for season two I think we're going to do just line of the week instead of waterline of the week. I've been doing that from the start. Exactly. But we'll make it official for season two. Right. So, Martin, facts. Hit me with some facts, baby. The Observer walks
1: through the nightclub passing by one of Valerie Boone's soon-to-be victims. Twice. Twice. The clue for this episode was in Bad Dreams when Olivia and Peter Bishop are in the subway. The sign behind them says, Midnight. Oh, we've not had a clue for a while. Mm. Although credited, Blair Brown does not appear in this episode.
0: What a surprise. Yeah. Well, she's in the next episode, I know that.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: Yeah, spoiler alert. She's actually in the next episode, and the and the one after that. Yeah, so what about the cypher? What did the cypher spell out this week? Eight. Eight. Why? Eight. Why? It was the eighth episode, maybe? It's not the eighth. <laughs> it's the 18th episode. <laughs> oh, because she ate those people. <laughs> um. So next week, because Martin really wants to get to the fucking finale, we're doing the last two episodes together and calling it a two-part finale. Technically, it is. <laughs> But it's not like part one and part two in the title or anything. But technically it is a two-part finale. So, we're going to be covering two episodes next week. I'm excited. Yes, because Martin really wants to get to the end of this season. Well, the next episode is The Road Not Taken. That's episode 19. The episode 20 is There's More Than One of Everything. That's what we're covering next week, Martin.
1: I'd love to know how long it took us to watch season one first time round. Because we got the DVD Mm -hmm. and we watched, must have been 2012, 2011, 2012. And I've no idea if we watched it through quite quickly or if we took our time with it.
0: Well, I pirated it, so I watched it every week when it was released in America. I always thought you were a good boy. No, I used used to pirate things. Because I watched
1: the pilot like that. And it just didn't quite grab me. Like
0: But now you think the pilot's like one of the best episodes?
1: I didn't I didn't dislike the pilot, but this was uh you know, this was still a six hour download.
0: No true. It did take that's why I usually just left it overnight back then. Yeah, but your computer's too loud when it's in your room. Alright, oh, no, I I had my own flat.
1: It took longer, and there were other shows, you know, there's only so many shows I could download because of that.
0: So that's all we have time for. Uh, if you want to go to our website, it's uk, and contact at uk is the email address where you can send us feedback. Um, where can people follow you on the internet, Martin? Uh, at the Faldo on Twitter and Instagram. That is all we have time for, and we'll speak to you all again next time. Goodbye. Cheers Drive! What'd you say? Cheers Drive. Drive? Yeah. Why? That's
1: what you say when you get off the bus in Bristol. Whatever. Stop recording. Oh